Hey, we're going again with Grant Harvey. Hello. Hi, Grant. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks. Uh, first of all, guys, I just want to apologize for my hair. My I, was gonna say, I think it looks great. My goddamn dog got loose on me, wouldn't come back, and I was uh, chasing him in the woods, and I stabbed my head with a with a uh, stick. And uh, really, so I couldn't really style my hair very well. So I just thought it was oh my incredibly God. stylish. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> I think it looks. You're good. looking hot, man. There's a, there's a, <laughs> There's a chunk of scab up there, and I, I didn't really want to, you know. So. Well, you're hiding it well. We don't, uh, we don't have any drone shots. We're never going to see this. Very good. Very good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, now that we've got that out of the way. Yeah. Thanks, so, thanks for having me. Yeah, and so you live in Toronto. I do. But you're originally from Manitoba. I was born in Manitoba and then moved to Alberta, I think, when I was, I don't know, seven or eight. So I kind of consider myself an Albertan. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, I guess... It's interesting. I Your think most informative years. Yeah, I think that's home. I think, although I'm not sure if I'd go end up back there. Maybe later. Now this is Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's where I started my career. I moved to Toronto about ten years ago, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So you, so you went to film school. Yeah. Now, am I with Sean Jensen? Yep. And and, and uh, John Fawcett. John Fawcett. Tom Best. Wow. Oh wow, Tom yeah. Best. Yeah. There's a whole gang of us. Oh, it's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool. You work with Tom on the way home. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we I work with John all the time. I work with Sean all the time. Yeah, we, yeah. We still hang out, and I don't it's know. I, my daughter, um, our daughter's just graduated from film school, and she wasn't sure she was going to go. And I said, honestly, yeah, you don't really need to anymore with the gear that's available and stuff. But you need to find your posse. You know, you need to find your tribe. That's, that's what, what I tell is. people. I yeah. say, go to film school if for nothing else. Yep. Uh, the contemporaries that you're entering the industry with. Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. I still work. I mean, I'm working with them 30-some-odd years later. Yeah. Yeah, that really is really wild. So did you, you didn't go to film school in Calgary? Yeah, in Calgary. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, it was. it's a technical college, so okay. it's a little short. Yeah, that's my little... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he can hear us. Another reason to move. <laughs> uh, it's a technical college, so it's a little short on theory and like um, how to, you know, directing and that kind of thing. But right. you're shooting week one, like you're right in there with the camera. Which I think and, is incredibly important. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, <clears throat> Jordan, our daughter, took. She took the, a university course, and I was a little frustrated for her how long it took to, to you know, to kind of get in there and start making stuff. Um, but I also saw that there was things that I wish I had maybe, like I wish, in a way, I kind of wish I had gone to art school as well, maybe, you know, just okay. to learn to be an artist. I come from a family of farmers and mechanics and, you know, and... Uh, it was almost embarrassing to sort of say out loud. <laughs> Go to film school. Yeah, that it, I, you know that I'm an artist, and it's yeah. like, the, you know, my family was really supportive, but kind of confused. Yeah. So uh, I think, I think it would have been. That's a regret. Is just you know, I maybe should have th thought about like art school or something like that. I learned it by doing it, which is good, you know. Uh, Keep continuing, guys. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, go and I, quiet the he dog. Doesn't, he doesn't usually bark so much. Maybe there's maybe there's an intruder. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, hopefully he takes them out. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so you came from a farm. You came from farmland. I my family, yes. You, uh, okay. So I spend every summer on a farm. 
um, in Manitoba. I see. Yeah, um, but I am not a farmer myself, although no. I kind of fantasize that I'm a farmer at heart. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you, <laughs> so you you weren't raised on one. Your parents, no. you you normal uh, regular in in the city. Yeah. Kind of Suburbs thing? of Calgary. Okay. Uh, yep. And, and you, but your parents were confused that maybe. Well, I think I mean my mom was always uh, she always acted in you know like uh, amateur theater and that kind of thing. Um, and like I say, like my dad was super supportive, but didn't really understand. He was an entrepreneur. He had. Um, you know, uh, transmission shops and that sort of thing. So he didn't really understand the idea of, but it, what was great is he kind of taught me and um, pushed me to think like an entrepreneur, which I think is essential yeah, in, this, in business, this business. Certainly, you, we're all entrepreneurs. It, yeah, you kind of have to. <clears throat> yeah, you have to think like yeah. that. Yeah, I think you know. I think maybe if you were going up through. Some of the crew, like you know, like grips or electrics sure. or something, it it's a little bit laid out for you, but not sure. really. You're still making it's gig work. You're making choices. Yeah, and the guy and the your superior. Yeah, uh, he gets it first. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. You may <clears throat> you may have a, a gig that runs 12, 18 weeks, but yeah. you still have to. Uh, yeah, after that, then you got to market know. yourself after that. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like that <clears throat> we got out of film school. Um, I was saying like Sean Jensen and uh, John Fawcett, Tom Best. And Sean and uh, John and I and another fellow named Richard started a little company in Calgary. And we um, we rented a warehouse and had we were a film company. And, of course, we didn't make any money making films. What but was your company called? It was called uh, Midnight Highway Film Company. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, we <laughs> so we, we would make... Um, we, got, we would make a little bit of money, you know, doing things like fashion videos or industrial, small industrial films. And then we would shoot music videos for friends, bands. Uh, and then a lot of times we'd take that footage and turn it into like a spec commercial. And then that's how we kind of got into doing some commercial work and um, yeah, kind of built it from there. And who but, was well, doing what? Fun. Who um, was doing what at the time? Both. So, I mean, I was directing and producing. Sean would was doing camera but again we were whoring on anything that moved um like so and sean's really handy that's a good term <laughs> yeah so sean was really handy so like he would he could build stuff he could build sets he yeah. could do all of that oh, kind of wow. stuff um he's and good. i love that I yeah love he's awesome um and uh and then john actually got invited to the very first <clears throat> year of the film center out here so he came out um, to do that. Okay. He was super young. Um, and then he ended up staying. So, uh, okay. and then Sean, a few years later, once we started actually making an income, um, we, he bought a Steadicam and then it was just not an, it was, there was not enough work in Calgary for that. And that's, that was his dream is to right. be a Steadicam operator. So he moved to Toronto. Does and he then, still do Steadicam? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, his back is a little, you know, it's getting <laughs> I'm there. I'm just trying to remember the last time. Yeah. Okay. He, he definitely does. Um, he, yeah, I mean, we're all at that age of kind of trying to figure out, you know, especially something physical like that, like camera right. operating. He's, 100%. He's got he's to be careful, you know, and trying to figure out what yeah. his next play is going to be. Because it's, uh, it's a, I think about it all the time, man, like running around like a fucking chicken with my head cut off on an episodic, you know, with not enough time and not enough money. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this when I'm 65, like... You can. 
I, maybe. You will. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any other thing in mind? Like really? Um, like you don't retirement it's, it's is not a, a good. Thing? It's a good question because in Cal, one of the reasons I resisted moving here for a long time, <clears throat> which was dumb in a lot of ways, the farm. It was the farm. Uh, uh, <laughs> one of the reasons <laughs> was that I was worried about, I had seen some really interesting directors and artists move here, get on the hamster wheel, and start cranking out episodic, like, to be frank, shitty episodic television, but making a fortune, mm-hmm. and kind of doing that and kind of losing the juice. And... Um, so I was a little worried about, because in Calgary, I could live a pretty regular life. I didn't have to put on any sort of show as far as uh, being a fancy director or whatever. Like, like tossing your hair. Yes, yeah. exactly. Putting a little <laughs> gel in there. Um, so I could kind of live a pretty regular life. And I had a group of friends and we'd go off and make shit all the time. Um, and I could live a lot cheaper. So I didn't have to work as much so I could develop my own stuff. Um, but then it got to a point where we decided we should probably move here. And quite frankly, it kind of came true. I started getting really busy on episodic um, and enjoying the work. But it started at, at a certain point. I remember going out the door and instead of having that butterflies, let's go make some cool shit. I was like going, eh, going to work. So that's that's what wow. you mean by uh, losing the juice. Yeah. Copy. And I started to feel like I was just kind of going to work. And the other thing about episodic television as a director. Watch, I'm never going to get fucking hired again. Uh, Thanks, guys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, The other thing was, it's... I've gotten myself in trouble on episodic because I care deeply, Hmm. and I'm a bit gruff, and I have a very high bar for myself. And I kind of have the same expectation from everyone else. Like, I kind of feel like what we're doing is forever. And it's kind of important, even if it's kind of a shitty show. Like, we're the storytellers, you know? And uh, Okay, so who would dispute that? Uh, that, that no, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, I've watched- it's interesting, yeah. <clears throat> I, like, I guess, you know, if I... Crew and people talk and you know and yeah, yeah and um they feel like sometimes that they're just going to work yeah yeah but you know? so so yeah but on the day and if if you come off a little gruff mm-hmm. um and you're demanding mm-hmm. um my question would be to whomever is spreading that rumor uh why aren't they yeah why aren't they I, I, rising themselves to a level yeah that it's interesting like it's <clears throat> so you're just bring that when you say oh that. sorry yeah no, don't, no, uh, bring it back bring it, yeah 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 um i'm not trying to measure my words because i actually am old enough that i don't give a shit yeah um okay. but i feel like i was probably expecting too much at times and getting pissed off when people were not sort of at the same sort of desire for excellence that I was. Okay. Um, and it, it is a different world. And I think, I think there are definitely times where I didn't handle it properly. Um, so, so, and, and just, you know, just at a point I was like, felt like I was, it was easier 
to just fall back on like I'm I've done this for a long time. I mm-hmm. shot like 500 commercials. I know I know how to get myself out of a hole. So you can kind of fall back on your little bag of tricks, mm-hmm. which in episodic television, having that bag of tricks, like I see a lot of rookie directors getting killed out there because they don't have that bag of tricks. And so having that bag of tricks, I can get out of a hole, but sometimes you just kind of find yourself going, maybe I'll just use that bag of tricks to get home a little early, you know? And right. um, oh, I see what you're doing. Wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> you start to feel a bit like a whore, like you're, you lost the sort of sight of what it was that made you get into this in the first place. Right. And you're enjoying the money, um, but you're not necessarily... Sometimes I, f- I was feeling like trying, you know, trying to aim for excellence was just a pain in the ass to a lot of people. And so just don't rock the boat and you know, do, deliver on time, be pleasant... If it's okay and arable, great. And I'm just like, that's oh, just not me. Mediocrity. Mediocrity, you know? So I actually took a break from TV for a while and went into video games and directed some cutscenes for video games because it was new. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah, it was super awesome and new and fresh, and I learned a bunch. And yeah. this was somewhat recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Far Cry. Yeah, I, the first one I did was Watch Dogs at Ubisoft. Yeah, Watch Dogs, right on. And then I did Far Cry 6. Um, and it was brilliant because I was the new guy. couldn't rely on my tool bag of tricks. Tool bag of tricks. <laughs> um, and uh, But I could also bring that experience and all of the stuff we know from our business that's been around for 100 years um, to a very new business that kind of grew up in a bubble. Like I, I would tell my friends, like I feel like I'm, because the budget was like 250 million bucks, but it felt like, do, yeah, oh yeah. Video I think, games, man. I think, I think, um, I think that Legion Watchdogs was 350 million bucks. Um, yeah, the new Red Dead, or the new, sorry, the new Grand Theft Auto is like two billion. Two billion dollars. Okay, so here, <clears throat> so uh, I'm glad you mentioned this because yeah. Andrew wanted to ask you about it. Mm-hmm. Andrew's a gamer. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not. Mm-hmm. I Me neither. Uh, Tiger Woods golf, and uh, mm-hmm. that's the extent of it. <laughs> the um, I have no concept in my mind at all how you direct a video game. Yeah. No, it's it's super cool. And and I was now I wasn't directing the video game. I was okay. directing the cutscenes for the video game. So the ah, cinematic sure. cutscenes. The the game like there's a whole raft of people like thousands of people working on the game and there's kind of a you know that the gameplay is the most important and that's a whole other thing and then we're just doing the telling the little stories that go in between the gameplay you know sometimes it's for exposition or character development or you know a fun little they should be a little treat for the player to yeah, uh, set the controller down and watch a little movie for a second. And, okay. More and more games are becoming yeah. movies. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're pretty impressive. But I like when I went in for the interview, it just came randomly to me, like out of the blue. Um, went in for the interview and uh, uh, and I saw what I mean. The game was like a James Bond movie. In fact, it was like five James Bond movies, and and I and the technology was unbelievable. And I was just like, whoa, man! I'm in as a Canadian episodic film direct i'm never going to get to work on something that with this kind of scale and scope it's animated but 
that'll be fun. And and in the end, you work with actors and in the volume, and we had stunts and you know the whole bit. Uh, it's really and I brought in Sean Jensen to do the camera work. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it's a long gig. Like I was there for I, I put in about three and a half four years. Um, but it's nine to oh, five. Oh wow! Yeah, nine to five every day. Like I'd never had that before in my life. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, it was a job job. Like I had my lunch kit and I went to work. Oh my god! Why? I know. Like why? never before in my life. Why? Why? why I've never time? heard of this before. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why does it take so long? I know video games yeah. take a long time, and I'm I'm picturing artists drawing and rendering yeah. and stuff. But in your uh, neck of it, yeah. Well, because I mean. It's animation takes a long time. Um, even in general, yeah. Even right. we were doing you know performance capture, but still, it has to all be polished and animated. Yeah. You know, they have to animate the fingers and all of those things at the end. But I think um, you know, I came in. What I learned about video games compared to especially television, insanely like wasteful, um, and that's why I think they cost so much money. Oh, I see. Um, there they there's a lot it's a software development um mentality as a, you know like our business is like this you know it all sort of there's a top and it all kind of flows down okay. and there it's silos it's like a bunch of different and they don't talk a lot so there's interesting yeah so like for example like we'd be working on something for like a week my team of like 30 people and 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 they don't the scripts don't have asterisks when um, revisions come out. Right. Which I was like, <laughs> I went to the head of the studio. I said, I could save this company millions with one little thing, an asterisk. So people don't even read the scripts, so they don't know what's new. Right. And we would work on stuff, and I'd go to the scripts and go, Holy crap! This is this is outdated. That's not. This isn't right at all. So we'd have to throw all that away. Like there's a lot of that wow. going on. Um, wow. And I think, so I was, I, it was great. I did bring some of our systems to, like, I remember having my very first day, I was like, okay, we got the scripts, we should have a concept meeting. And they're like, what's a concept meeting? And I was like, okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, and then I, I remember one was like, they were scheduling with a, with a Excel sheet and it was really clunky. And I was like, guys, there's this thing called a one-line schedule. And they're like, whoa, tell us about it. And I showed them and they're like, oh my God. Fascinating. Fascin my wife kept saying, stop telling them that it's from, just go in and go, I had a dream last night. I came up with an idea. Thing. <laughs> a one line schedule. You guys owe me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that part of it was exactly what I needed was to feel like I was really contributing in a way. Um, what you know. Of what I know. Yeah. Whereas I felt like, I was getting to a point in TV where I was feeling like, yeah, I was just kind of not mailing it in. I, I just don't know how to do that, but just kind of being a bit crushed uh, by it. So, so it was great to sort of be free of that and and actually be someone that that my experience meant a lot to these people. So yeah, it was great. Did you have anyone <clears throat> right over your shoulder, like in television? You have it, it's a writer mm -hmm. medium, so yep. you have writers and producers that are standing behind you yeah you can make a decision and mm -hmm. eh, i'm not so sure yeah yeah similar uh they have what's called a narrative director that which would essentially be the same as a showrunner okay um, and so that's that was my boss um got along with both uh, on both games very well collaborated very well because they weren't used to directors i kept 
everyone kept saying, man, you're really digging into the script. You're really like, we haven't really worked with directors that think so holistically. And I'm like, you should though. Uh, yeah. As a gamer, that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 I should kind of know it, what's going on and figure out the, and I would say things like, mm. you know, like I noticed a lot of the cinematics, the camera work was really showy all the time. And I'm like, we need to, let's have a camera language. Like for these kinds of scenes, it should feel like this, you know, and for this size, and, and I said, like, we're going to, we're going to create a box of lenses. And so, you know, we're going to only use these prime lenses. We're not going to, because I would see like one shot, you know, of one bit of coverage would be on a long lens. The other one would turn around and be on a wide lens and just weird stuff like that. Um, so I, I brought a lot of like discipline to the way things shot or, or, you know, creativity and okay well this scene's going to be handheld you know why oh because I, that's the way i think it should feel and that'll tell the story you know and, and so they were really keen on that because that wasn't really the way they thought before um so yeah it was a lot of fun. i think you taught some people something for sure and and i learned got it because it was eight hour days which was insane for me you know yeah what uh, would you do with the rest of your day well i know <laughs> i would show up home for dinner and my family would be like who are you what are you doing here <laughs> But I was more, my wife kept saying, you're more tired at the end of eight hours than you are at the end of 14 on a, and it was because it was all new. I was learning sure. everything all <clears throat> yeah, day long. Yeah, a lot of energy. Well, it also gives you an opportunity to be tired. Yes. You know, I think on those long days, yeah, you, you kind of come home a little wired. Yeah. You know, you got to wait for a beer or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. yeah, for sure. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I, Is this telling your future right now? You know, are you going to be? I would love to do game? another game. It's so interesting um so i finished the game and i did a little bit of tv after there wasn't a lot of opportunities for me but i got i did a couple of shows and then was still kind of feeling a little bit unsure of what to do next like i really enjoyed the video game and at first like having you know a job where i knew what i was going to do in a month was fucking awesome and, and it's the future and Time. yeah but then you know that stupid freelancer brain of yours <laughs> you guys know what i'm talking about kicks in and you're like oh my god i know what i'm gonna be doing in a month i'm going crazy here uh i got you know i worked my way through that but at a certain point they are a big commitment of time um so i think if i did it again i'd have to sort of go all in on that um, right. because I feel like I did kind of disappear for four years from our community and that's deadly at my age. So, um, so I, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. so I, get that. I would do another one. I'd, I'd love to do a contract maybe somewhere else, you know, like go and do one in Japan or something like that. Um, definitely, you know, I, I ship two triple A video games as a cinematic director. So it's a, I have a calling card there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but while we were doing one of the games, Sean, who, you know, I had started in the business with, uh, was doing the camera work, which is super cool. Like you're basically, his his camera is a, mo a little monitor with the reflective dots on it. There's no lens or anything. That's it. And yeah, you're out in the volume, which is this big gymnasium with a, I don't know, three or 400 cameras, infrared cameras. And so when, I'll just give you the very reader's digest of how the process works. We have time. Please, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm so, looking forward to it. Um, so basically you prep it like you would 
you you know you got to build props you you actually location scout but you do that in the game engine so you sit with a a, a nerd at his desk flying you around the you know one was in london one was in an island like cuba and you go okay we're going to set this scene here and you look at you know the right angles and stuff but it's all in a computer and then you we cast it uh and then you go to the floor um in this volume and you shoot the scenes but it's it's almost more it's like a hybrid of stage and film you're thinking about the coverage but you're really you're only shooting it with reference cameras so almost like your space like you have these cameras that are shooting it for a reference for the animators to see the faces and stuff but you're capturing data these little dots moving around the performance capture stuff right. i'm sure you've seen it on yeah of course yeah so <clears throat> You shoot the scene and you try, it's best for everyone if you can get it in one take, like one master. Um, you can blend a couple masters if you had to, but you kind of have to think ahead as to where your cameras are going to be. You know, like we do all sorts of things on set, you know, like cheat it a little bit this way or, you know, oh, and the master, we're going to pull you guys apart. But when we get closer, we'll bring you guys a little together, you know, stuff that you can't do that. You you need to shoot it like almost like a play. Oh, wow. That's thinking cool. ahead you're to where blocking. the cameras. Yeah, you're blocking. <clears throat> so you got to think ahead to where you're going to put the cameras, but um, you don't really have the cameras in place. So you capture that data and then that data gets cleaned up and animators then animate like, oh, and the props are like, if, like this wouldn't be this probably. It would be like, or maybe maybe a mug would be a mug, but it would have dots on it. But like a okay. gun is like literally a, a, a toy gun, like a piece of wood, or sometimes toy guns with dots on them. Um, and the doorways are literally just wood, you know? Uh, so it's, you know, you very much have to use your imagination um, because you don't want anything getting in the way of the cameras, cameras. seeing the dots. So then the animators clean it all up. Um, not polish it, but clean it up to a certain point. It takes about a month. And then you go back into the volume with no actors um, and with the camera. And we were doing it with a virtual camera. So I brought in a little crane, Sean Steadicam, handheld rigs, a dolly. And you go in and they've put the characters and the animation in the world. So when it's just a big empty room, but when you look at the monitor, you see the scene in the world it's it gives me goosebumps it's yeah, so no, it's goddamn cool so you go <clears throat> in and you shoot all the coverage as you would um so dolly shots masters close-ups but it just keeps repeating the scene like you just hit play so the actors hit their marks every time they don't flub lines they don't have to go <laughs> pee uh, <laughs> they don't Incredible. stay in their trailers uh but you're watching that on a monitor and you're watching so sean with the operator has his little monitor and, you know, if he's on the dolly, he's with the head, he's seeing and operating and it's ga gathering the information about where that camera is and the volume and right. putting it into the game engine. And then we edit the footage just like we would. And, out, and then they polish the scene after, you know, do the lighting, do the grading, do the all of the other things. I've polished the animation. Yeah, it's incredibly so, cool. So, Sean, you're driving a, a dolly. Yeah. Through nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'll show you the video after. It's. It's hilarious. We can even put. Um. I can give you a. Give you. You can put it on. Put it on oh, the that'd podcast. Be cool. oh, I'd love okay. to. It's cool. Like you're seeing this dolly grip push on through this empty gymnasium, white gymnasium, and on the monitor you see you know a walk and talk of people walking. You know actors walking and talking. It's 
Man, that's so cool. Totally wild. Yeah. So Sean and I fell in love with that part of it because it was just there, you know, we would shoot 80 shots in an eight hour day, you know, like just, and super creative. Like, what do you think? Should this one handheld? Let's try it. Eh, that's not right. Let's do, you know, like, oh yeah. Wicked. Like, Like, like compared to TV where you're like, shit, halfway through a scene going, oh, I wish I could have. Oh, well, next time. Uh, but uh, anyway, while we were there, man, this is, these are long stories. Sorry, guys. Um, oh, bring it. Um, That's what this is about. Uh, while we were there, Sean, you know, because we had shot music videos out of the back of a cube van. That's how we started. And we shot a little feature back in the day. Um, he's like, you know, I got all this gear. I'm dying to do something small. We should do a little feature again. And so I was like, okay, I'm holding you to that. So I phoned a writer friend of mine and said, you know, write us a something small, two-hander, you know, on location, no, not, not a lot of, you know, background, you know, stunts have to be, you know, reasonable. Um, so he wrote this little script and, uh, and I said, phone Sean, sent him the script and said, okay, we're making a movie. He's like, all right, let's go. And so we made this little feature and Sean and I, and my, I said to my wife, you're going to be the production manager. And she's like, uh, okay, um, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Uh, but I knew she was, you know, she's very organized and, and a hard worker. Um, and then the writer, uh, so we were kind of the adults. Uh, the writer was half an adult because he naps a lot. But um, And then the rest of the crew was film students, my daughter, uh, Jordan, and her friends. I got, I said, cherry pick the, the cream of the crop and let's wow. go make a little movie. Um, so we did it with like, I think there was 15 uh, of us on set. And But the trick was we we took our time like a lot of these small movies like you do a lifetime movie or a hallmark movie you know you got 12 days 13 days Mm -hmm. you got all the stuff but you don't have time so you're just cramming it whereas we were like okay we don't have the stuff we don't have a crew that's that you know very experienced at all so what we need is time good good fast cheap the old you know adage uh we want it to be good it's got to be cheap it ain't gonna be fast. Well, that's the old axiom: uh, you either have to have a lot of money yep. if you don't have time, yeah, or you have to have a lot of time, time if, if you, you don't. don't have money. Absolutely, it's a luxury to have both. Yes, but- yes. <clears throat> um, so, so we went. I made this little movie called "How We Ended Us," and um, yeah, it was honestly. Sean and I kept saying, "Uh oh, we're screwing ourselves. Like, how are we going to go back to the re- real world?" Because it felt so good to mentor these oh, kids, yeah. and oh, it looks sorry. great. Okay. And it looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, and all day long we'd be going, "Yeah, okay. What do you think about doing it this way?" Yeah, okay. We we should check with the producer. Oh, that's we us. Are, that's <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh. talk to the production manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we you know it was we owned it. Um, <clears throat> And that was such a great, great feeling to just sort of be, not have to answer to, I don't mind answering to smart people, but it's challenging answering to people that aren't very smart. And uh, that's where sometimes I got myself into trouble. Um, That gruff. A a little gruff. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So so Jordan worked on the film. Yes. And what did she do? She she did a, quite a few roles. She cast it. She was our casting director. Um, she 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 was the um, she helped us design sort of our color palette. She's quite handy with um, grading. Um, she didn't grade the film in the end, but she consulted with that. And then she was uh, our second camera assistant slash DMT on on Sweet. set. Love yeah. It. 
and and painted stuff and prep and yeah the whole and bit. your other daughter she was a pa and then she acted in it yeah. as well so yeah it was a total family affair yeah My no wicked sons came out and uh, <clears throat> looked after our dogs and would come and grip a little bit at times or do how many, some how many kids do you have uh four four yeah so two, yeah. two girls two boys yeah well, yeah. you're growing I, a farm. I know. Yes, I, I tell people I have I have three kids, uh, mm-hmm. all boys except for the two girls. Uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, right? It's a silly joke. <laughs> it's a bad joke. Uh, yeah. So we did that. Uh, it'll be two years ago in June, I guess. Um, and then I thankfully got on the way home, and that has been a, a good episodic experience. It's sort of. Brought a little bit of life back to that world for me. So well, speaking of the way home, I mean, uh, when you think of Hallmark, you think of a certain daytime mm-hmm. uh, movies and whatnot. Yep, it ob- it's obviously a little different than the yeah. average Hallmark thing. And um, my first experience on the show was with you. Yeah, and uh, down at the pond. Yep, man, stunning. I know it's crazy. absolutely stunning. I got a funny story about the pond. So. Tom Best, uh, there's a few funny stories about the pond, as you guys know, Um, but Tom Best, our cinematographer, was out with John Calvert, our producer, and the showrunners, uh, Heather and Alex. This was early prep on season one, and they were starting to make a deal at the farm, for the farm, and they were saying, you know, we're trying to find this impossible thing, a pond in the forest, it's got to look magical, it'd be nice if it was small, and the farmer's like, well, I built a little pond in the forest just up the road. So they're like, well, could we go have a look at it? And and they're, keep in mind, they're in mid-negotiation now. They go up to the pond and Tom Best loses his shit. He's like, oh my God, it's perfect. Oh my. And John Calvert's like, shut up. Fuck up. <laughs> Tom could not control himself. He's like, I, it's down the road and it's perfect. And John's like, I'm negotiating, Tom pretty funny stuff that's hilarious <laughs> but it is perfect like it's perfect it looks incredible it's, it, it is, is. Yeah. It, even when you turn around and you're looking up the, yeah. the into the forest yeah i mean it's all it's, you couldn't it's build it better like with the hill behind and the, the it's way it's like you, you did design yes it. yeah absolutely yeah i'm sure a lot of people think it's a set you know people in the know in this business would yeah. think we built it or something and any, anyone who's who's down there for the first time thinks that uh this is just natural though yeah and yeah. and you know most and obviously it looks pretty yeah, yeah yeah it just looks kind of natural yeah. but all those plants were put in and yeah right yeah you yeah know, a lot was, of them uh, a lot of them yeah 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 and then when at dusk oh man. the lights are up oh man and the and the, and the atmospheres yeah floating it's through. it's incredible yeah, yeah. The whole it looks crew like <clears throat> yeah. starts skinny dipping yeah so yeah, those, those good, good times, times. <laughs> good times yeah wait what uh oh must i wasn't someone else's block uh but yeah i uh and that was fun. You guys really gathered some some great stunt people for that. Like the the women that you know do, do all the swimming. Like they're just they're just so keen and you know game. Uh, you know they have to hold yeah. their breath wearing boots. One, one degree oh, man. water. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. cracking ice. Yeah. They, yeah speaking, uh, of, speaking of ice, the special effects ice was mm, incredible. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, it looked good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then. And then shooting the underwater stuff in Tom's pool. In Tom's pool. pool. And it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the magic uh, the magic of movies. But, yeah, it's... Um, I wanted to circle back, actually. This is... We, we were talking a little bit when I, when I came in about, like, kind of the future. Um, 
and now there's like this new AI that just came or came out with that you know like does video mm-hmm. quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in so in my little film, the writer was like, "I'd love to have like a car crash." And I was just I was in the video games, and I was like, "Well, if we do it at night, we could do it in a game engine." And that's what we did. And it I, a, a real car crash would look better. But it works. It tells the story. Where You're is trying to bum us out here? Yeah. Where, <laughs> sorry, man. I'm bringing this down. <laughs> Where, like, future-wise, because I know that you know Unreal Engine and AI. Obviously, it was exciting for us making a little independent movie because mm-hmm. we could have a car crash. But where? How do you keep ahead of that? Like, is that something? Like. Because I'm wondering the same thing. Yeah, so are we. Less for me and more for my daughter. <clears throat> you know, hundred percent. Just, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Randy has yeah. a ton he can say on this. Um, but I, I, when I think about it, I mean, safety mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I mean, nobody wants to get in trouble hurting anybody anymore. Or mm-hmm. you know, not not that anybody wants anymore. that ever. <laughs> but it's it. You know, yes. now that we now that there's technology to handle some of that yeah. stuff. I mean. I, I try to think to myself, yeah, but practical effects is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all, all the practical stunts. And personally, I'm a skateboarder. I, I don't mind crashing right. a little. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. But I can see why yeah. uh, somebody would use the tech that kind of handles some of these things. Yeah, no, I was driving here today going because I was thinking it's affecting so many departments. It uh, is. And... It ain't going and away. All and businesses, <laughs> really? like, um, and it's not going away. Like the genie is out of the bottle. The uh, the young lady that was the armor on Rust, yep, goes on trial today. Right, and um, mm. she's looking at eighteen months in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow, that's decent. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the circumstances, hundred yeah. <clears throat> percent. But to you, uh, um, to your point, no one's using um, real firearms anymore with blanks. Right. Everybody's using either electric guns, right, um, or just fake, and we teach an actor how to do a little bit of a recoil, which yeah. sucks terrible the teeth. Yeah. And then you have to CGI all those yeah. shells being ejected. Yeah. Um. So, so I one uh, I hate it. Oh, yeah. Man. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> um, oh man, how, I, how, I really brought this down. How do you stay ahead of it? You yeah, know, I, I don't know. Actually, when. when <laughs> When, hey, we're gonna take a moment of silence. We were out folks. on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the silence might last a few years. But to see, be honest, when you know, stunt guys used to jump off of buildings and land in boxes or yeah. an airbag, and now you can uh, let them down on a wire, or yeah. you can just shoot a guy hanging from a wire against a green, right? Um, doing whatever he's doing, and you can put him in a computer, yeah, and fall a hundred stories, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. I watch. I do watch a lot of uh, YouTube AI, yeah. you know, stuff, especially uh, in the video game world or yes. wherever that's going. Yes. But I do. I watch this and I put it in my world. Going, I don't get why it would be any different. At some point, both mediums are sort of going to yeah. meet. No, for sure. You know, uh, I kind of. Tr- yeah. I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and certainly, I got to have a car crash in a movie that cost two hundred thousand dollars. Hundred percent. So that's pretty great. And had you called me, you'd have still got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but uh, 
Ah, mental note. Um, But the, yeah, I feel like there's a resistance that I feel like, uh, I don't know. I think it's dumb. I think you got to get ahead of it. Like you got to figure out how to make it work for you instead of you work for it. it. It's hard in the stunt thing absolutely you know absolutely i i just when we were out on the way home uh one one of the stunt guys that was uh with me that day was telling me about a friend of his uh stunt performer in uh in i think in la um who happens to be on one of the major shows that has been running for several seasons um and uh when they came back for the next season they scrapped all action and stunts Whoa. For uh, for AI, this is this is alleged, but right. um, you know it does. It's not surprising me. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, there's a difference. I can see it. I you know I think I think the Marvel movies kind of ground that into the a pulp. Um, and now when you see practical stuff, you're like, yes. Yes, yeah, I agree. See, I like yeah. storytelling. Yes, I like practical gag. Yes. I like practical everything. Yeah, yeah. If you can't shoot the gag in a camera, yeah, don't do it. I, yeah. I like shooting movies. <clears throat> yeah, um, and but, that's a part of that. Yeah. You know? Personally, I've never seen a Marvel Marvel movie. I've never seen one. I gave up after. I think I watched the first Iron Man. Or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. That's want basically to see me too. But the, yeah. the look at the end. The end user. Mm-hmm. People, kids are watching them on their phones. Yeah, yeah. They're watching on their iPad. Yeah. So. When you do a gag in the cam- in the CGI, whatever, yeah, it looks more real on a screen yes. that big. Yes, yeah, no, it's true, I, and I think, I mean, I think, I think the the best result will be using it to enhance as opposed to replace as a tool. Agreed. Kind of thing. Yeah, um, a, that excites me. A year know? or so ago, two years ago, I did that Resident Evil where I walked through the police station on fire. Mm-hmm. So I had to replicate the exact same gate that the actor did yeah so that i myself on fire Mm -hmm. but what they did do for the show was enhance right the fire yes because cgi flames look like crap yeah Yeah. um and so they just added on a little bit yeah and they took whatever was on me and put it on the actor yep um now ai versus cgi yeah that's different they're they're a different thing and and unfortunately ai is like taking data from the real world yes it's it's a it's better yeah it's it's (laughs) well and it's i mean the thing about ai is it's one big pirating machine like it's just (laughs) it's like let's call it what it is it's it's basically stealing um a hundred percent it's stealing all the hard work we did folks uh but um but do i use it for my lookbooks now absolutely because i can like can you imagine if you just Hmm. man i'm really bringing this down um can you imagine (laughs) if you had just graduated as an illustrator like oh yeah a concept illustrator spent four years and that was your passion I can type a prompt into the computer and storyboards get yeah and get like proper proper concept art you know um yeah that part of it again I've always been because I grew up in Calgary I always said like I'm I felt like a salmon fisherman in Moose Jaw Saskatchewan you know like making movies in Calgary was hard and so I it taught me to be resourceful and take advantage of anything I could um so I feel like that part 
I'm embracing that with some of this new tech where I'm going, well, it allows me to be independent. It allows me to make my little movie. You know, um, the camera we shot our little movie on, when I my first movie was 16 mil, and we literally had, by the end, we were shooting, <laughs> we would go get a line of dialogue, cut the camera, get a line of dialogue, cut the camera. <laughs> we were, we were running footage. out of film. Big time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so crazy. and this, you know, this new movie I shot, I, I've seen it on a 40 foot screen and we shot it with a camera that cost 2,500 bucks and it could shoot all day on a little card like that. What'd you shoot it on? Uh, Black Magic, uh, okay. Pocket Cinema. Mm-hmm. And it looks great. Um, and the lenses, you know, Sean, I think spent 12 grand on the lenses, a full set, you know, and sure, if you put it side by side with, of a, course. you know, it wouldn't stand up, but does it tell a story? Yes. But you could also manipulate that footage yes, in a exactly. computer with yeah, exactly motion blur and yeah, graininess all the and stuff. whatever you want yeah. to do. So that the sort <clears throat> of maverick part of me embraces this stuff, but I also kind of know that it's hurting, not just in our business, like it's hurting a lot of people. So yeah, there's got to be a way to, I think... Get in front of it and and like don't let it kill us. Like let's use it, you know, like to enhance as opposed to well, replace. I mean, you guys, you guys have been around for enough time to see that there are generations of things, film, mm-hmm. then digital. The change. Yes, there is, oh yeah. The changes. I mean, yeah. we've always embraced it. We've yeah. always tried to make it work. Yeah. But I mean, um, at is there a point when the artist, the artistry of it does. Like, it's like we've now gone too it far. Suffers. I mean, yeah. at some point, if a painter stops <clears throat> painting, yeah. but is still creating the same picture. I think, well, that's very, wow, we're getting deep here, guys. Um, let's go deep. Let's go deep. We didn't you, get you. Where's that, joint? I appreciate where's that joint you were actually, talking about? Yeah, let's, <laughs> I'll go get it. Oh, uh, not again. <laughs> uh, the, <clears throat> I feel like, you know, because everyone was worried about the, uh, Writing, writing being done by AI. Mm-hmm. Well, AI can only create, like ma- do a mash. It's a DJ. It can mash things up, what has been done, and, and learn from that and mash it up, which is kind of what our brains do. But what it can't do is have an original voice. Like when it will all, so maybe for the really, um, straightforward procedurals or you know lifetime movie you know that are that have always kind of that to be frank have never you know a lot of those things don't use union writers and they're you know they're kind of grinding everybody using people just coming out of school like it might take that away um because the the bar is pretty low create creatively there Mm. um and they kind of want it to be the same um but will you get somebody coming up with something that's really original and has a real voice i don't think so i think that there's something about the human our, element is a very element it's got its own thing it does so what the danger is i think is it takes jobs and opportunities away from that person that might be working on some crappy thing that has his or her sights on something cool but needs to have that job or whatever. Like that's my concern a little bit is that, you know, I'm not worried about art going away. I'm a little worried about the support of artists going away, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I think it does. Well, yeah. you, were, you were doing video games. Did you see AI being used? No, but man, that industry is going to get, 
it's going to get upended real quick because a lot of that tech, like a lot of the sort of grindy work, um, like even, for example, they call them barks, you know. So if you're playing the game and you hear somebody over here go, hey, there's somebody on the, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah calling the troops or whatever. Right. Um, all that stuff was written by a writer. Now it's all going to be written by AI. Um, you know, there's a lot of things Unreal. there that I feel like, like even you know, cleaning up animation. I mean, that's a tedious job. Uh, so yeah. that that could potentially be done, you know, th- done by AI. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like that business is going to contract as far as opportunity. I mean, they, <clears throat> what they've come along with mm-hmm. so already is, is impressive. And oh, they do use AI in some video games yeah. already. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can they use it for like, they use AI a lot for the enemies so that they aren't just like, you know, like right. they actually think the, the, the enemies you're fighting, yeah. if if you're playing and you're playing, they might do two different things based on how you're playing, um, which because they have little which brains. Which is, I mean, it's Which amazing. is pretty cool. As a, yeah. as a gamer, it's cool. man. It's cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Just keep it there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, keep, just stay out of our sandbox. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now that I've totally wrecked this, what do you guys well, want to talk about? Well, I was I wanted to ask about cost. <laughs> I mean, what, what what's the cost of an AI car crash versus the practical? Um, See, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's it's a Blair pro- question actually. Yeah, it's probably not as different as uh, like I think we paid we paid the guys I think five grand. So you guys could have easily you know probably come out and rolled a little. 20 year old crv 100 but it's the support we didn't have like yeah you yeah. guys could have come out with your car and going yeah As we'll no do support. this on the side <laughs> 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 but like could we have an ambulance there could we have you know like we were a very yeah. a non-union yeah you know no, no, I mean, bunch of kids there, totally, are things, totally. there are things that so we can do it would yes absolutely so i feel like cost wise for the gag it was probably comparable like if you guys had done it for basically nothing sure as a okay. favor it would be comparable um which and the guys that did the car crash uh in the computer they like it would have cost more than than what i because they had to build the you know they had to build the set and everything right um they did me a big favor um so, but yeah it, it's just the uh where it would have been unmanageable i think would be the support um the the you know the good things that unionized shows bring to the table but also set time yes you know yeah. like the time it takes to rig yeah. the gig and yeah and, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And do it yeah and you shoot it on you know in yeah. the camera totally um yeah absolutely but yeah that's a great question actually well, yeah, I and I hate to keep on this subject. We can move wherever we no, want. No, go with it. Let's but it, it is a good subject. We're drinking afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah time, we always do. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it, it really is. It, this is where the industry is going. And I, are you discouraged at all? Or, I mean, um, you said glass half full, and I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. But uh, based on the industry. I'm not necessarily discouraged for me. I'm... You know, I'm 58, man. I, uh, I I'm trying to be a little more particular about things and trying to, you know, um, you got the best 58 year old hair oh, out of anyone stop. I know. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm a little like, especially now that I have this little band of filmmakers that helped us with our movie, mm-hmm. and they're all keen as shit. They can't get jobs and yeah. like that. And I couldn't yeah. get a job, and and I keep 
telling them that like if you you know just keep at it and you know work at wherever work at a bar and keep making stuff um, they have to they have to yeah the moment you stop the dream is over it's over um but yeah i do worry a, a <clears throat> more about them than me or even us because i feel like we you know there's a good 10 or 15 years of being somewhat similar to what we see now uh i think still left in the can but after that, who knows, right? Um, Ooh, 10, 15 years. Yeah, you're, well, how, how you're long, fucked. How long did it take? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yay. Yay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, the last time I shot on film and then the video cameras came in. Yeah. What was the time frame where no one was shooting on film anymore? I. It's weird. I, again, this is where my maverick self comes in a little bit, but like I happened to be on two shows that, that hung on a hard and like for a long time one was haven in in halifax they were shooting they were shooting 35 millimeter two perf like so basically using half of a 35 millimeter frame right to make like what is essentially a, almost like a 16 millimeter frame um oh neat and but it, it's janky and like there wasn't a lot of support because everyone else had gone digital and and every time we had to do vfx which <clears throat> it was a vfx show you'd have to bring in a different body to shoot the full frame right for the vfx guys so it was clunky as hell and like checking the gate you know middle of a take you run i was like guys i've been to a magical land where 30 <laughs> minutes of footage fits in your pocket <laughs> um and well, then heartland stayed on 16 for a long time oh, wow. oh, really? and that was because they craig was a cinematographer uh craig Robleski, a buddy of mine and there's so much outdoors and there's so much um weather in calgary that it was easier to man the latitude at that point of the film was far beyond what digital was capable okay. of so it was it made sense on that show and then eventually it yeah i was gonna ask you what was the faded. rationale it was yeah, for that's, latitude that's okay but now i mean digital cameras yeah, have totally. the same latitude that show still goes yeah right? yeah it's like going into 18 it's crazy it's crazy crazy yeah okay um yeah i did a million of those yeah nice. wow but yeah, um, but see, there's an example. Like that show is the, I think was the ninth most streamed, like billions of hours streamed or minutes or whatever it is. Ninth most streamed acquired program last year in the world. Um, and wow. Yeah, in the world. And um, what do you attribute that to? I think, I think the, I think it speaks to a lot of people that are being left out as far as programming. Like I think, you know, peak TV went very niche, um, made a lot of noise, lots of awards, but it kind of left the, you know, the middle out, um, you know, more conservative, yeah. more, you know, family, that kind of got left. That wasn't cool. And Heartland's like unabashedly, like that's what we are. And that's, you know, beautiful. It, so yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, but there's an example, like, the horse work on that and the stunt work i mean that that's not going away you can't that would be very difficult and look super corny at this point trying to do like it would cost you a fortune to do um proper horse well we work. don't need horses with seven fingers yeah well that's right <laughs> right right i yeah or horses with fingers at all uh but that's that is uh that's an, a good example so when you guys were doing mayor and the big battle at the end there was that all f electric 
guns or did you guys? Uh, real blanks. Real yeah. blanks. Yeah. Real firearms. Yeah. Real blanks. Yeah. Picture right was, there. That was as practical <clears throat> as hell, that show. 80, yeah. 82 stunt guys for four days. Yeah. Awesome. And then we had three or 400 extras. Yeah. And you know. We had uh, 75 military guys along the. Yeah. The and, wall. And, a, and a little. All cool. real. Yeah. Kudos to Randy because when 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 he was in the first uh, meeting, uh, you know, talking about even doing the show, yeah, um, he he said no to the idea of wire work and mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. He just wanted stunt guys doing what they do best, yeah, throwing themselves around. Yeah, nobody's getting shot and flying backwards. Out yeah, and I think right. it was like one right. wire on Rick. I think, right? Oh, we did. Cable that was just Rick. a pull. That was yeah. just a pull. A pull yeah. down into. Um, and that's it. And I mean the show, it was, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's the last of it. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I think there's, there's, there's always going to be people that people are so frightened. Yeah, it, it, that is a big part of it. You know, insurance. Sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, the lawyers are kind of running the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think that it, honestly, that's probably a bigger threat to you guys to for pushing technology forward than. Right creative will it's we it's more we used that. hundreds of firearms mm -hmm. tens of thousands of blanks yeah and not a single incident yeah because uh charlie taylor uh was our armorer yeah and his guys are incredible yeah um yeah no it's just and they've I, been doing I, it right since the get-go yeah i mean i've always <clears throat> felt very i mean I like the crackle of set when there's firearms. Like I liked it. Everyone sort of, I wish they would be like that all the time. Let's pay attention. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's paying attention. And I really, I actually enjoy the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, having everyone kind of, you know, snapping to it a little bit. Um, but uh, uh, it is different and it it is better for sure. I mean, I think there's certain situations where, I mean, I've had to do, I did, because it was in a hospital and so we used an airsoft for the you know for the gun mm -hmm. and then added the um which was fine but it looked hokey you know the way the uh, the actor held it um Absolutely. and then right after that i did um uh x company in budapest and you know it's budapest so they're like full full loads let's go you know and <laughs> safety is a little <laughs> and uh but you know I, I still felt very safe but uh but it was such a different thing on set to have to have that going off and sure you have to you know you do have to put in some cg muzzle flashes because the shutter was closed or whatever but there's a ah i can't describe it as anything more like a crackle there's the actors are you know, everyone's kind of it's, it's amped. It's kind of yeah. real. Yeah, because it, it feels real. real. It, it yeah. is real. Yeah, exactly. There is a danger component. To yes, and 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 it's loud, and it's you know, and everyone's got their safety gear on, and it just there's a sort of attention to detail and concentration that it brings to the table that I really feel like the audience can feel as well, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I see it with a, a, a revolver. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Um, and you put a little bit of CGI muzzle flash. Mm -hmm. But when you're shooting a semi-auto and it's ejecting shells. Yeah. Um, well, even with a revolver, the, still the uh, the uh, the chamber itself. The, the, well, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll it, it'll turn. Uh, yeah, I mean. But you don't get movement. the. You but you know. don't get you don't get an ejection. I yeah. see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to. But to to uh, CGI or yeah AI um, <laughs> shell ejection is yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a costly. A, that's a cost for sure. Big time. Yeah. 
But I mean, when when movies start uh, becoming just green screens and nothing's real and all this shit, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're not doing what we want to do. And I honestly, I I do think, I know, like, even just based on my kids who are in their 20s, you know, um, uh, they they like it they feel it when it's real like they you know so i don't i think yeah. there's always going to be an appetite for that yeah. um, i do I, I really do you know and there's but, but see that's an appetite you're talking about the, for the filmmaker mm, for, the, for the artist end product art. for the end product okay okay yeah no i think so no for sure i think so too i think you you just mentioned the lawyers yeah you know i mean you guys should have think, a lawyer on your I show think that's just yeah we should yeah we should yeah we deal with lawyers every day on, exactly yeah um, but I mean, you, you know, that I, I guess is the problem. Yeah. They're, they're going to be what rips away the artistry. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It just feels like, like Grandy said it earlier, it feels like um, fear kind of, that was what was so great about doing our little movie. Mm-hmm. There was no fear-based decisions. Like, I feel like I really noticed that, you know, I tried to, my agent was trying to get me sort of doing bigger series. Like, that was the plan for me. And um and the bigger the show, the more I felt I was surrounded by fear. Like there was just so much yeah, anxiety. What do you mean? Like that kind of corporate top-down fear, yeah. the fear of losing your job, the fear of, well, okay, I could make this decision, but what will my boss think of this decision? Oh, wow. You know, that kind of thing. I felt like that. I mean, I, I did work on a few, like 12 Monkeys was was good i think the showrunner you know the producer was good and 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 gave us what we needed you know with grumbling but that's cool that's their job um the showrunner definitely wanted it to be great um and uh, you know and i think fought back but i think i do feel like there's sort of a fear fear based decision making which is the enemy of creativity really when you're afraid you cannot be creative it's that's why decisions aren't made yeah yeah absolutely yeah so it's like um huh yeah it and it's very you know that's corporate right like you're kind of always thinking about you're making decisions not based on what you feel is the right choice but what you're guessing the person above you feels is the right choice i mean this this does sound like hollywood as a whole right now. yeah yeah what's interesting i did a, a series a number of years ago where every single decision even changing one word, we had to wait for somebody in LA right. to make a phone call. Right. Um, and it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then when we did Mayor of Kingstown, yeah. um, uh, because of Taylor Sheridan, yeah. if I made a decision, <laughs> we did it. Yeah, it he just, supported it. Just it just yeah. happened. Yeah, he, I, I don't know, I would imagine he's gruff <laughs> at times. Uh, just, that's the vibe. Uh, yeah, rough's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, that's going to be our new word, gruff. Um, uh, but you can see in the work that it's someone that's fearless making decisions. Mm-hmm. Whether they're good or bad decisions, they're fearless decisions. I have to be honest with you, and uh, I've said this before, when I first met Taylor Sheridan, for the first five minutes, mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to like this guy at all. Right. Somewhere around the seventh minute, I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Because he's just fearless. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, yeah. he, he knew exactly what he wanted. He was mm -hmm. incredibly prepared. Yeah. I won't tell you he's the best actor in the world. I mm -hmm. won't tell you he's the best director in the world. Right. But he sure knows what he wants. Yeah. No, and and, and just doing that without fear. I, I mean, there's a difference, I think. I, I come from farmers. Um, uh <laughs> There's a difference, I think, between fear and responsible. Being fearful and being responsible. There's are two different sure. things. You know, I, I think re being responsible is a good thing, and being responsible at times means being fearless and maybe doing something that they don't want you to do, but in your heart you know it's the right thing, and you're going to prove that. You know, and that's being responsible. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I I do feel like fear kind of runs the joint at the moment in well, a lot of ways what's interesting is that they bring you on as the director to be that <clears throat> the pinnacle you're the mm -hmm. top here other than themselves yeah um but they brought you on for a particular reason mm -hmm. so they should listen to that yeah or at least entertain it you know yeah yeah i mean fear fear it basically it doesn't allow for the vision to be completed right in full right and therefore uh the success of the show has to fight even harder yeah anyway yeah yeah no it's um yeah i don't know i mean with age comes you know I've, i i don't feel like i have a ton of fox love to give like i i'm pretty <laughs> My fox are running out. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you know, so <laughs> I don't give a fuck a lot of the times yeah. um, because I don't have many left yeah. uh, to give. So yeah. um, that has certainly maybe not made me as employable. It certainly has made me feel a little bit more um, honest. Yeah, but does that, that, that not giving a fuck comes from that felt good yeah <laughs> um no, that that's got to come from um having dealt with showrunners writers whomever producers yeah um who can't make those decisions and um yeah that you have to get the show done like you just yeah have to get it done so i've just now not given a fuck and yeah i'll do what you said yeah no for sure i think there's yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of reasons where you have to give a fuck. Um, but certainly, yeah, it's a strange medium, you know, like t episodic television. Um, I am a guest. I'm, uh, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I come and I go. And um, in the end, it used to drive me crazy because I, when I was doing commercials in Calgary, I would edit, like I edited, I was there till the end because um, that was the way our company did it and everyone all the agencies in Calgary loved it because it took work off their hands but I did it because we were filmmakers and we wanted to mm -hmm. see it through and then I started doing episodic and I'm like wait what I get two days to edit and then I'm kicked out of the room and then I would see the episode on TV and go oh, god. oh my god really yeah it's brutal like I stopped watching stuff um, and I kind of really now is that it, common across the board yeah pretty common I mean I felt like Orphan Black was like, I, because I have so much respect for John and his abilities and because we grew up together, our sensibilities are very similar. I was always, uh, there was very rarely that I was like pissed about a choice that was made after I, you know, okay. been down the road. But there's lots of shows like where I'm like, oh man. And the thing is, I'm not in on. I'm not in the room with the executives and all the people that are putting pressure on you. Like, so it's very easy for me to be. Yeah, why did you do that? But I also, there's. It was a. 
I had to, because it made me angry when I would see stuff, because it, again, I feel like it's my art. Like it, I'm, yeah, putting, yours. I'm putting myself in there. Yeah. And, and what are you doing to it? You know? So I really did have to, my wife's smart that way. She was like, you gotta, you gotta think, you gotta figure your way out through this because you know, this is how we're making our living. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, totally. yeah. So I just, this, I just had to make a very conscious decision that it isn't mine. And I'm a part of it and I'm, I'm there to bring my best to what I, what my involvement is. But in the end, it, it's not mine. And, uh, you know, that, that's why I went out and made my little feature. That was mine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I'm, I'm, so I kind of had to sort of, yeah, bring back the idea of when you're working for an agency on a commercial, you're selling something. They know best how to sell that thing. Absolutely. They maybe don't know the best filmmaking techniques, but they do know how to sell that thing. So they're right. And I, I need to work with, you know, you, you got to judo it. You got to use them against themselves. And That's a good term. Yeah. And um, so I really did have to like make a very conscious decision or I would have, yeah, like just lost my mind. And a lot of times I don't bother watching it after my cut. Um, I'm not. You know, I'm not invested in the show. It's like as, as it, it's more about just sort of. <clears throat> I feel like it's my director's cut is that is mine, and then that's theirs. And sometimes I watch, sometimes I don't. You know, I'm curious sometimes, um, but mm. but yeah, it's um, because they you know they have a different agenda. Like they're putting it together for what they need out of it, um, right? So, and it might not be exactly what I, what I wanted out of it or what I thought I should express or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I've been on shows where directors have come on and tried to inject yeah. something new. Yeah. Like they're making an all new show and it's, it, yeah. That's a bad idea. Yeah. It's not your show. It's not your show. That's right. <laughs> yeah. In the stunt world, I mean, we, we go do car crashes or fight scenes or whatever and you, you watch the edit afterwards hoping for a nice big chunk of your reel or yep. whatever that might be. Yeah, yeah, I know. Only to find out that you're way back there. Yep. And it yep. got cut in <laughs> no, that's half. exactly right. And what you did there just isn't yep. there, you know. No, it's the same, same thing. It's gutting, but, you know, it totally guts you, but you realize, okay, well, this is what this I'm is doing. what they that's what you're paid to do and yeah. that's they 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 had a different agenda than you did yeah. for me my moment is on set mm-hmm. uh, it's the creation of the gig with you yeah. in a yeah. room yeah then we go out and we do it that's my world right um watching the show uh several months later to see how it all turned out I, it's very rare yeah yeah no now, I, I hear you and I, f- I find that a lot of the crew uh, or if i'm on a if i'm on a set that uh has a great crew nice people mm-hmm. uh you know everybody's passionate or want want yep. this or oftentimes um i can correlate that to the success of the show right now i don't know if that's true or no if it's whatever. 100 true okay 100% so 100 true i've been on shows the and tops you yeah. know the lawyers and the yeah, yeah, producers yeah, yeah. No, but somebody has to love the show like mm-hmm. somebody at the top has to lo- We've all been on shows where it was filling a time slot, you know, and yeah. and you can tell, and it's shit, and totally, we've all done it. Like I've poured on them plenty, and but then you go on a show like Orphan Black or even The Way Home, where like I don't agree with every th- every decision that's being made, or I would have done things differently, but someone at the top loves the show; it's their baby, and of course that transmits to the audience. Of course it does. Like you can tell. 
And yeah. that's there's the AI solution right there. We just fixed it. AI will never be able to make it their AI is not going to make it their baby. It's oh, that it's is just a, a rehash. But so see, that's, that's a you great said it, thing but to you say. said that earlier yeah. in the voice. Yeah. It has to it has have a voice. Yeah. And you know, whether you like the voice or not, people will recognize that it, it is somebody's baby, that somebody cares for it, you know, and it and that will transmit. That's uh, awesome. For sure. Yes. That's Fixed. a fantastic there. line. Thank God. Okay, so that ends the <laughs> podcast, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you no, go. That's... We solved uh, solved our problems. Man, that's great. Yeah. Um, so Man, how, that was yeah. meandering, but fun. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> we, we found the answer. Um, so you have an agent. The agent gets you the job, or you. Yeah. however this works out. For anyone listening... Um, young people that want to be directors. Yes. Um, what's the process? Uh, there isn't, that's the crazy thing. There isn't, a, there's not a sort of, it's not like being, say, a key grip where there's like an obvious sort of, it, I'm sure it's much like stunts. Like you sort of, um, you kind of have to stumble your way through. But what I keep saying to people is, especially now with all the technology and stuff coming out, the only thing that you have is your voice. Like that is it. Um, technology has made people be able, like we can polish turds to be as shiny as can be, like, but it's still a turd. Uh, you have to, like, it's your voice. Like, so shoot, you can shoot, you can fucking shoot something with your iPhone and edit it on your iPhone. Like, yeah, we just, we were at um, a friend's um, trade show the other day for film equipment. Yeah. And we met a young lady who just finished shooting a documentary. Like, yeah. Huge right. on, a, on an iPhone. Yeah. The whole thing. Shoot it. Get out and shoot. And and um, express yourself that way. Learn how to be an artist. Like, learn. And and then on the other, like, because, you know, it used to be that the two routes were my route and John Fawcett's route was starve, work at a bar, make shit until someone took notice, and then you're off. Uh, or, you know, be an AD, work your way through ADing, actually make a living. And then hopefully, you know, you get on a show in the third season. They're like, hey, you should direct one. You know, that's definitely was a very, you know, it was almost neck and neck, which was a better route. Um, I feel like that. I don't know that I would recommend if you really have a burning desire to direct, I don't know if coming up through the crew is the right way to go. Well, I was going to just say the same thing. That's, yeah. It's kind of rare. Yeah. And once you get into a... Now, that's what everyone you, thinks, though. But you get onto but you get onto that hamster wheel. Yeah. And you're, yeah. Making, you're making good cash being yep. a first or and whatever. you're tired on the weekends. You mm -hmm. don't feel like going out and making a little something with your friends. Whereas if you're working at the bar and you're thinking about making movies all day long and you you are desperate to make that little movie on the weekends you know i think hmm. i think i don't know it's hard like and that's the other thing i always tell students like you'll know like don't be too hard on yourself like if it needs to be almost like an addiction like it needs to be like crack like you need to do it to feel whole that's what it takes and if you don't that's cool. Like, get a, you know, be an AD. Be a, like, there's plenty of awesome careers in film and television that are super fulfilling, pay well. You get, you know, you, it's gig work. So, yeah, you can bugger off for a month to Bali or whatever. Like, yeah. it, it, it's a good life. Um, but if you, if you can't 
stop thinking about it and it's your passion and your art form i think going through crew is maybe not other than maybe learning a little bit like you know well i mean if you're if you're doing directing your own um your own things on the weekend and then all of a sudden somebody wants to give you a little money to do something decent Mm -hmm. whatever now you got a cinematographer who's just way better than you Mm-hmm. You got camera guys that are just <laughs> yeah. way better than yeah, you. Sure. Actors that even yeah, know yeah. more than you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, how should a director feel in this moment? A lot of them get criticized. Yeah. But I mean, no, I, this is where the artist comes from. Yeah, no, exactly. No, you nailed and it. And as like, long as you're open to I say that hearing to, it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of young directors that are getting put in the position that they're and they're not ready for it like episodic television is the hardest form of directing like it is literally you're jumping on a train that's going down the tracks at 200 miles an hour you hang on tight for three weeks and you get spit out at the other end and so you do like it is a it is far more a craft than an art directing uh television and that's why it kind of bothers me that there are people that are very talented but don't have the craft yet are being put in those positions politically and they fucking get killed you know and it's not right they're they're good talented people getting killed because they didn't practice um so but what's great about like where we should be supporting that is in features because that is what you just said if you go into a feature with an idea and you have, you know, you don't know how to achieve it, but you know what you want. You know yeah, you yeah. got that it's in thing. There. It's yeah. in there. Then, yeah, hire the best possible people. And they're going, as long as you have, you guys know. You yeah, got, if you can communicate your dream. If you can dream, communicate your dream, that thrills people like you. And willing then to you'll take help their them. expertise. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the, the joy. That's the deal. That's what yeah. a DP does. That's yeah. what we do. Absolutely. Yep. So I, I do tell young directors, like, don't feel like, like, I because I did commercial. I know lenses. I know how, I, I, you know, I can read the sides and go, like, I could literally show up on the day, read the sides and go, yeah, okay, this one's going to be handheld and yada, yada, yada. Uh, don't feel like intimidated that you have to know that stuff. What you have to have is an idea. Like you have to have an opinion. You have to have a point of view. And then people will line up to help you. But if you come in and you're, you have, don't have an opinion, you don't have a point of view, uh, you're kind, they're just like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm going to have to do their job for them. That's the truth of it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, okay, so having said what you just said, yeah. um, for anyone listening, students and otherwise, um, what's the difference between a handheld shot and a, and a shot on a dolly? So it's funny. It's it's a feel thing. I just, I know by feel, like when I have to, when Sean was doing some of the um, the camera work and the video games, some of it we had to do, we, he would have to sit with a guy on a computer. So he had to actually think, rationalize the decisions he was making. Why, why? And he was just like, this is fucking me up. <laughs> I just do this shit because it feels right. Yeah, totally. Um, so I feel like handheld tends to be wider as well, shot on wider lenses, so it's more intimate. I feel like handheld tends to make things feel more like you're experiencing it with the characters. Okay. Longer lenses and a, maybe a little more static or a little more like studio mode you're more an observer you're watching the characters do something as opposed to 
being experienced. So that was one of the reasons on, for example, on the way home that sh that Tom Best and I, because I did the pilot with Tom and we decided that all the stuff in the past, in the 90s, was going to be handheld because and wider lenses because we wanted to take the, on the point of view of Alice when she was first going there and experience that with her. So we're with her, we're right in there, we're with her, we're moving with her. And then the rest of it, we want it to be a little more clinical, like we're just sort of watching these people live their lives. So that, I mean, that's the basics of why I made that choice. But yeah, I think that's... No, that's uh, an yeah. excellent answer. Yeah. And and I think, the, you know, lensing is a big one. And I, I, you know, I quite often hear, when I first was getting into episodic, like... People would say, "Oh, he's done commercials, so he 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 knows camera, but he doesn't know acting." You know, like, and and I'm like, uh, "No, these things aren't mutual. Are you an actor's director or a camera director?" And it's like these don't have to be, you know, mutually exclusive. Like, I think a director should know, have some opinions on how it should be shot. You know, and I you don't need to know it all, and you don't you should rely on your camera team, um, but you should have an idea like. I want this to feel like, I want the the audience and the characters to feel like they're drowning. Oh, okay, I know how, I, I, let's put it on a dolly and be circling them, you know, or you just, there's things like that that you can bring to the table. Even if you don't know how to execute it, you can say it and then people, you know, the technicians, artists like you guys can Start go, coming oh, up with I, okay, that's the feeling they want. Okay, well, what if we did this or this? Yeah. That makes so much sense. It's crazy. Yeah. Just have an idea. Now, when you're when you're shooting, let's say you're shooting a scene, a dialogue in a kitchen, one person sitting down, one standing up, and you're going back and forth because yeah. you kind of have you have to turn around, you have yeah. to whatever. There are things that you have to do, and then there's things where your creativity is just spiking. Yeah. Is can I don't know? I was I I just where where does your creativity uh, spike the most? What kind of scenes? Can you do it throughout the entire hour or can you, or is it sort of like well, sometimes think, you have to be kind of practical? Yeah. And sometimes I can. So there, I think it depends on the project. So in episodic television, again, this is something that I, when I'm mentoring someone, um, episodic television is knowing where to spend your money. If it's in the kitchen, two people talking, don't reinvent the wheel. Don't, you know, know whose point of view it is. Shoot the scene from that character's point of view. Uh, don't overcover it. Don't shoot the close up on the fucking mug. And the, well, that mug you'd want to. Yeah, I mean. Because it's our logo. For but, sure. But, but, okay. Shoot the close up on the mug, <laughs> not the close up on the microphone. Right. Um, and then on the scene that you really want to sink your teeth into, you'll have more time and money to do that. Like, so it is literally... Uh, it is a job of figuring out where to spend your money because there's X amount of money and X amount of time. So in that, you know, you will get fired ah, if you go over of either of those. So you have to, that is a huge part of the job. And again, if you're a rookie, listen to your AD, but don't like challenge them because lots of ADs are working for the show. They're not, they're not assistant directors, you know, like they're working for the show. Right. And they're working to get people home and all of those things, which is part of the job. But you should definitely lean on people to say, and your you know, cinematographer and say, okay, 
I really feel like we could make a make this scene special. Okay, well then let's put more time to that. Let's put more resources to that. But you got but you can't make every scene more special. But this this is something you would discuss in prep. In prep. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of know it like just cuz I've done enough that I, I'll know what tickles me and or what more importantly what will mean more to the audience. Right. The audience, you know, if it's an expositional scene in the kitchen, just shoot the scene. But if it's a scene with Dell in the kitchen f- freaking out because she, you know, she's worried about where her kids are, spend a little time with that. But if it's a scene with Dell and Alice just talking about, you know, Alice how she feel about going to school, just cover it, you know? Like there whereas like our little feature, I felt like because we did take the time, I, I tried to make every scene tell the story properly, like for the scene, you know. But you can't do that all the time in TV, right? Does that yeah, order? yeah. No, no, well, that, no. It's a great answer. That but makes sense. As far as spiking, like what tickles me? Um, yeah. When do you feel like you're like, oh, here we go? Oh, when the stunt guys come to the stunts. Oh, fuck, I love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the I I enjoy. I do enjoy like that scene on the beach. That was ridiculous. How we had we shot so that much in fun. six hours, but I had a hoot. Yeah, because I was in the zone for six hours and what, feels what, what happened on the great. beach. Well, it was just it was a fairly big scene of. Oh yeah, that it's coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, can't do it. Yeah. We can't talk about uh, it. It was, it, it was a fairly large scene with a some... A lot of blocking. Yeah. A lot of blocking because there was a lot of characters and and uh, in like witnessing it from different angles. And um, so we, I really did have to figure out whose scene is this? Who, mm. who do I give coverage to? Who don't I give coverage to? Um because we could have been there for three days if we had hosed, hosed everything down. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yes. Um, but we shot it out like at lunch, by lunch, um, because we had... And I also talked to producers, thank, and they were like, they trusted me. I said, give us an hour with the cast and Randy and the But horses. we went out on prep, though. And we, then we prepped it before so that, too. We yeah. went to the beach and, yeah. and uh, Grant blocked the whole deal for us. Yeah. We walked it. We yeah. knew exactly where everybody had to be on the day. And then the and morning then, of. the morning of, we got an hour with, with the cast. Man, those, that, yeah, those moments are yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 But I, like that, as stressful as it is, I enjoy that because I'm so in the moment. Like I find some stuff, I find myself drifting off and going, hey, I wonder what craft service has got going on. And that, I, I hate that. Like, but sometimes it's just not engaging. But what's interesting is that going back to what you said about uh, when you were younger and making a feature mm-hmm. or what have you, despite this being an episodic uh, television show, yep. that entire piece was you. That was your creativity yeah. that was yeah. flowing through and yeah. everybody yeah. did what you said. And I feel like there was, like, I feel like I'm very proud of that morning because I feel like, um, I feel like I was very clear about what the North Star was. And I feel I was, I'm proud of it, less about proud of me and proud of the team because again, it was like we were talking about earlier when there's live gunfire, like everybody everybody was 
on it and in it and doing their job. And it feels fucking great. Well, with some of the elements that walked through this scene, yeah. you had to be yeah. on it. Yeah. And that's the MVP was the was the our main guy on the horse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that that. So I love that. I love complicated stuff because I'm good at that. Like the pawn days, I you know I really gives you a reason to be there. Store, yes, I feel exactly extra. You feel like you're kind of earning your money. Okay. Um, but I also then like I kind of you know with commercials, I kind of got a lot of the and music videos. I got the kind of wanky stuff out. Um, you know, like as far as like look at me, how cool I am. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can. Yeah. I actually don't want to see myself on TV anymore. I I like I really feel like I just want to serve the story. I'm there to serve the characters in the story, and and I do feel like I. I love like a great dramatic scene, like a really powerful scene, really that I, I, at the end of one of those scenes, I'm like, damn, we did something awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had it when an actor just, it wasn't prepared for something like that? Uh, oh yeah. Tons. Tons. What do you, what the hell do you do? You, I mean, it depends on the actor. And I still have like all these years in, I still have imposter syndrome, you know, plenty especially with bigger actors and stuff sure um you kind of i mean that's a big part of the job especially on episodic where you you do just drop in and you kind of have to you can't expect them to work your way you have to work their way so you have to get each act and each actor works completely differently so you're you kind of got to get everyone's number and um Mm -hmm. and and figure out how to you can serve them to get their best performance but yeah there's times where and that is we were, you know, right at the beginning of this, I, you know, there's shows I didn't get invited back on because actors didn't want me back because I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, huh? yeah. Like I, if someone's not pulling their weight, I can't, I'm not good at faking it. Well, and why, why they're, you know, if they're number three on the call sheet, (laughs) I'm not back next season. It's that simple. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, I know. But that's that's they're they're screwing their show anyway. Uh, it's true. It's true. I think, and I I have come a long way. Like video games taught me. Like talk about uh, like millennial heaven. Like and yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and even Gen Z even more. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, I real I w- I got pulled into the principal's office a number of times really? and i was like you little fucking snowflakes like this is <laughs> nothing you know nothing of gruff uh, totally. i am a, i am behaving myself here um but it was still too much oh you're being too a little too demanding you know like oh my lord we're talking 250 come million on. bucks come on buck up but it did teach me some management skills that way that i feel like moving forward i'm a better human and i think a better director i still have the high bar i just have to i had a producer at the video game who he was just he was like yoda um little little uh, <laughs> chinese dude like super wise and just awesome i love emil and he kind of pulled me aside and said look man you need to understand that it's different now like you're used to being the boss and everyone listens to you and follows you. These kids don't, they don't work, operate that way. You yeah. you need to flip it. You need to say, okay, how can I help them achieve their best? Like that's my job. And it's, it is interesting, but it, it's wise. Ugh. I know, dude, I know. 
but I mean, you know what? Kids don't even they think of their like. There was a time when I was young. How old I mean, are you? I'm, I'm 38. Or I'm, oh, you're kind of. No, what am I? Yeah, I'm 38. I know. You are. You're, you're so you're you're uh, millennial, but you're at that. Yeah, you're but, yeah, almost a Gen X. I, yeah, I don't even consider myself a, a millennial. Not that it <laughs> matters, but I never even heard uh-huh. that term really right, up right. until it became something that actually mattered yes, in yes. society. Yes, uh, and I went, oh well, I fucking hope that's not me. Yeah, it might be a little bit. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I was young, teachers were like uh, were authority. Yeah, and I kind of just felt like from uh, the moment I got to school to the end. Uh, that was who I was supposed to listen to, mm-hmm. to some degree. Yeah. Um, and nowadays, kids talk about their teachers like it's the fucking homeless dude up the street or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, that's um, the, that's the paradigm shift right there. Like authority, and you know, and I think there's some pretty good reasons that they feel that way. I uh, <laughs> authority is uh, fuck you, and how are you going to help me? You know, yeah, and and so I think, and I and I've really noticed that on set too that there's definitely a shift, and I think a, a lot of it is good. Like there was too much of that sort of my way or the highway. You know, the camera department used to be brutal. You know, for you just kind of rip them rip them apart and build them up kind of mentality. Um, <laughs> which you know, you need a, a certain por- a certain amount of that in camera because one little screw up screw up and you've screwed a day's shooting you know like so there is some discipline obviously involved in that but i feel like yeah i can remember like just that sort of entitlement thing like where you know i i had been at the video game i went did a show and the props person on set i was like this is a very specific example but i was like okay so we're gonna do this scene i'm gonna keep rolling so there's champagne you know, make sure you have glasses that are filled and ready and we're just going to swap them in because the light's going to be failing and I'm going to keep rolling and we need it, you know, this. And uh, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh. and, uh, and, uh, wow. and of course, oh, man. <clears throat> action. Okay, champagne. Oh, fuck, it's in the truck. Wow. Really? So you gave me attitude and now, and you <laughs> did not perform your job. Yeah, like, how am I not supposed to lose my shit? I ask the, uh, the, the general public. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do feel like, I mean, the ranking thing is, it yeah. feels like it, it's necessary. It is. I think for the speed and efficiency, efficiency, of it, 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 and even safety, there's a number of reasons that it's good. I just feel like it, it, the fact that it's become a little more gentle isn't such a bad thing. I think there, there was, we did give permission for a lot of people to sort of just be assholes. And, uh, and I think that that, I like that that's changing myself included. Like, I feel like I'm a better person and I haven't lost any of my ability, you know, being a little bit less gruff. Right. Yeah. We, we, uh, we, we know that this producer friend, um, who now readily admits that in his early career, mm-hmm. that's how he thought he was supposed to be yeah. Yeah. as a producer. Yeah, no, for sure. And then learned not to. Yeah, exactly. I think there, yeah, there's better. There's definitely some good coming out of it, but there's also frustrating moments. Yeah, right. it is. You know, I, I sit here listening to this going, maybe it's good, maybe, but maybe it's not. I yeah. mean, in some areas... 
eventually we're just the army it's like it's like weakening the army to some yeah. degree uh, well yeah i mean does it yeah see in the army people don't get it well they shouldn't i think maybe now the canadian army does mm -hmm. but you don't get a choice mm -hmm. this is it mm -hmm. and you're doing this do you think though that that would lead to entrenchment of practices that aren't necessarily uh, forgetting kindness or, you know, politically correct or whatever, just practices that, like, if no one's challenging, will it move forward or will it always just be that, you know? Like, that's, like, you know, that to me is interesting, you know? If I like the challenge thing. But, yeah. But the, a props person mm -hmm. who has been asked mm -hmm. to have glasses ready. Yeah. And took offense that I... There is no challenge. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing no, to challenge. I know, I know. It's like, wow, you took offense to me suggesting that, you know? And I'm like, I'm, you're 23 or four and I'm, your boss is, you know, yes, sir, would have been the proper answer in my opinion. Yeah, but, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So right now, my, I'm trying to Agreed. think... Agreed. <laughs> who on a film set has the right to challenge? Uh, not, not necessarily the right, but... Yeah. The actors... Yeah. A DP, stunt see, coordinator. Yeah, I, I but don't know. Not, not the props guy with glasses of wine. Well, if, see, there's a difference. Like, if that props person had challenged me saying, you know, might it be better if this and this and this? And I could then go, oh, that's better. Or I could go, nope, let's do it my way. Agreed. Yes, sir. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the kind of challenging, I think. Had he done that? No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's the kind of challenging I think that is good, but just sort of having a disdain for authority is not necessarily awesome <laughs> on a film set where you're trying to make your day. Totally. <laughs> wow. You know, on on uh, Mayor Kingstown, there were a number of departments that folded. I mean, that were out. They just didn't take couldn't, it. Couldn't take it. Like, they, they did. Now, yeah. yeah. Um, whether they folded or, or yeah, or, or somebody or folded somebody down. up. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I think being a better human being is a, is a good thing. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. In, in the personal world, that is just a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but you know, nobody knows what anyone has ever gone through in their life. Absolutely. And it doesn't take away yeah. or give to the artist that you are, but, or anyone. I, I heard a great, um, quote um who the hell was it <laughs> some old school director and he said you know people say i'm a little gruff on set he's like i liken it to a surgeon a surgeon does not say please if you have a moment and you don't mind could you hand me the scalpel yeah a surgeon says scalpel 100 percent, totally yeah. 50 mil yeah so so <laughs> yeah so there um there in there there goes the challenge yeah yeah could you imagine his surgical nurse standing beside him and saying you know i think mm -hmm. i have a better way <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm already waking up from my anesthesia mm -hmm. yeah still trying yeah. to decide mm -hmm. i don't know I, i'm kind of old school yeah me too man you don't challenge me yeah this I understand that I've said this a million times that when my stunt people come to work, I want you to bring your entire career today. Mm -hmm. And if you have an idea that's better than mine and you yep. want to even say it in front of Grant, go right ahead because Grant's going to think I'm brilliant for yep. bringing you yes. to the set. Agreed. But that's fine for me. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, at the end of the day, 
I very confidently make a decision. Yeah. And that's where it ends. That's where it ends. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that that's, honestly, that's all you can ask for out of a leader is is that, you know. Um, I, I do feel like, I tell everyone, I'll steal, like, it's an, it's a, it's an exchange. I'll steal anyone's good idea. Like the PA that's guarding the butt can, you know, if he's like, hey, what about this? I mean, I'll fucking steal your idea and I'll give you credit for it. But if I say no, don't be a suck. Like, hundred yeah. percent. That's where it ends. Yeah. 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 yeah no, it's, uh, that, I mean, I don't know. Like that, I think I'm not going to change. I yeah. think that's like, I think it's a good way to operate. And I, the feedback that I get is that, that being, confident in your decision making or at least confident in asking for help um is uh, is a good thing yeah yeah and gruff's not a bad word it's it's i i'll try and keep it to gruff <laughs> not asshole <laughs> now, now most most people when the, uh, i mean in the stunt world and and i've obviously friends throughout the the crew um they go to set and a lot of the time we discuss that your ad or your director are usually the the people that if they're great, mm-hmm. you know, if they have a certain vision and they know what they want and all mm-hmm. this stuff, and you you are apt to give that performance yep. as well. Yeah. Um, is that is that something that still exists? Uh, I think so, and I think like there's a talking about the word confidence again. You know, talking to I've mentored plenty of rookie directors and. I'm I'm like you need to be confident cuz they will sniff out in the crew and cast will sniff it out in about 30 seconds if you are not confident. They've been on more sets yeah. than that director will ever Absolutely. Do. So you need to be confident but confidence doesn't mean arrogance. Like there's a huge difference cuz if you are inept and arrogant you're screwed. You can be confident and not know some and and ask for help they will like i think film crews are honestly other than that props guy are the most professional like it's it blows my mind how after weeks and months and 14 hour days film crews step up man Mm -hmm. all the freaking time Mm -hmm. and they do like like nothing i bet you way more so than say like construction or something like that um I have so, a lot of friends. I, I mean, people say have my entire career have said, "Can you get me in?" Can you? Yeah, I know you. You couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I just know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like um, they will have your back if a you have an idea or a opinion, and b if you're confident but not arrogant. Like just be confident enough to say, "Oops." I don't know what the, how to do this or, oh, I think I screwed that up. That's confidence. Like, I remember once on a film on, it was Heartland, I think, a few years, well, probably 10 years ago. And in front of everyone, I said, ah, oh, damn it, guys, I think I screwed this up. We're going to have to go back and reshoot the master. And, and the DP, Craig, was like, he was like, sir, uh, page 75 of the uh, director's uh, handbook says never admit you're wrong in front of the crew and i'm like no fuck that shit man like we're rewriting i am i am confident enough in myself to say i made a mistake 
can you guys help me get out of my mistake? And that breeds respect. If, o- if only our governments could. Do <laughs> yes. That. Wow. Just what admit a, what a, for a second. What a, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rather than blaming the other side <laughs> yes, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, um, yeah. That, I think that's, uh, there you go. Well, was, uh, so give us a story. Oh, on, no, uh, I want to talk about motorcycles. Oh, oh, sure. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I was curious, though, a story. Wow. Tell us a story about motorcycles. Are you digging for a little gossip? Is that yeah, what's going on? Gonna, yeah, okay, let's gonna... go with the gossip. <laughs> no, I was just going to see. What, you know, Grant's you, a You've been doing this a long time. Yeah. So um, whether the story's about a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> or the story's about directing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just uh, anything, uh, <laughs> anything that anyone would love to hear. Huh. It's been pretty, I mean, there's a pretty lot wide of, open question. There's a lot of stories. It story. is, it is. There's a lot of stories. It's got to be one that stands out. I'm just out. trying to think of something that's, like, entertaining to anyone but me. Um, hmm. You can edit this pause out. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no, I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, anything that's shit. embarrassing, anything that's oh, God. Uh, ridiculous, somebody who fucked up, yeah, somebody yeah. fell off a ladder. Yeah, no, there's been plenty... I'm gonna have to think about that. Let's answer a motorcycle question. Yeah. Maybe while you, I'm you, yeah, let's I, there's no question. Oh. There's no motorcycle question. I so just... I have I have my little so when I turned fifty, uh Fabiana, my wife said, you know, because I've been dying to build a little motorcycle or have someone build a little motorcycle. So I, I got a CB mm-hmm. uh five fifty, mm-hmm. I think it's a seventy four, um and cool. had a kid in Edmonton. I sh- I bought it here and shipped it so that I didn't have to safety it when I brought it back because I knew it wouldn't probably pass. And um uh kid in edmonton built it and it's super awesome but i i i find riding it around the city like because i grew up riding motorcycles in alberta mm-hmm. and yeah. um it sucks in the city um it's a big deal yeah so i haven't been using it very much and now i i took it for a spin just in the fall and realized that i need a kidney belt with that thing man like so i i, I might <laughs> I don't know. I might have to. I might have to sell it. And like my when my dad passed away, he has a road king that he left me, but it's in Alberta because it's such a great place to ride it. Did you want me to go get it for you? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, so I might. That might be more my speed. Is uh, something a little more comfortable to right. ride? Yeah. That's not. That's yeah. not bad at all. Yeah. No, it's pretty fun. Oh, well, you know, the other one can just be a, a yeah, like hopper, man. Like, yeah, or if yeah, I've, I've find somebody that I can leave it out. You know, out in their out at their cottage or something like that, and uh, and just ride the road king mm. and then switch. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I do find in the city it's sketchy as hell. Like there's just it's sketchy for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People it's... ask me why I haven't moved to Toronto, mm-hmm. and I do often say, well, here I can be on a country road on my motorcycle in two minutes. Yeah, there's yeah. not there's nobody else around. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it makes really a beautiful. huge difference. And yeah. and I think because I've got ADHD and and I try to explain people like riding is like it's actually great for my brain because yeah. you, it forces you to focus. Like you're focused, so it's relaxing as opposed to and looking you know you have to pay attention and and um it and makes you that is relaxing for my brain so yeah i love it yeah uh yeah i'm still thinking about stories yeah, uh, yeah. I figured so you have. i'll come um, i'll come back how long has that uh, road king been sitting out there uh 
my dad passed away it would be like nine years ago okay something like that no one's writing it uh my brother's taking it out okay just turning the yeah spinning the uh, wheels on it a few times a year kind of thing so yeah the other thing my brother has two adventure bikes and i've spent a bit of time on those that's a lot of fun out there you know he can what go off, off road like oh, um, okay oh yeah, I see. yeah like a, yeah he's got a ktm and a bmw oh, and right yeah. a lot of fun he's that's actually fun. riding them right now he and a buddy um they're pilots like for um the airlines so they they took them down before the snow uh they took them down and they're touring all of the states uh but like back roads um but oh. it's perfect because they'll Beautiful. go for you know three or four days till they get sore bums and then they bail and find a storage facility and whatever i think they're in tech their bikes are in texas right now and come you know fly back home and then a couple you know three or four weeks later they go back down drive it a little farther and they're going to go all the way to wow. newfundland with them yeah it's kind That's of awesome. a but like idea. down wow. and up you know like yeah. super cool idea but it's they get it's it's cost effective for them because they don't pay anything to fly so right. they're just paying for the, the you know storage uh, it's a pretty cool thing yeah that's cool somebody yeah. should have shot it yeah i got a yeah. buddy of mine who flies his bmw bike uh to spain yeah uh every couple of years yeah and and him and a bunch of guys uh ride all the way around mm-hmm. and down to morocco yeah wow that would be awesome and they dive throughout the whole thing jeez yeah what? Crazy. Why? Not a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what, what are we does doing for a living. Yeah, fuck. We're sitting over Agreed. my pool table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, awesome. Thanks, guys. This has been a lot of fun. We'll yeah, well. Do it again unless you have something else. No, Grant. Um, no, I, w- I was looking for some kind of uh, story that. Some dirt? Uh, that, you know, just whatever that fucking exciting you know i don't know exciting he just he's looking he's looking for an instagram post no no (laughs) please no uh maybe maybe. it depends uh no no not necessarily i actually have a lot of great shit here this is this has been a very fascinating and great interview yeah thanks yeah no it's been and it's fun to be able to just uh speak your mind about things yeah well before you do go mm-hmm. would you be into signing our table being of course one of the few yeah man who uh, who should i sign beside oh that's you a really just, good question. you can pick a uh you can stand up go over to somewhere there's nothing all right yeah lauren's on here somewhere yeah where's lauren where is lauren is he he's kind of near the front there I could be wrong. Man, he uh, he and Michael are sure a great AD team. They oh, certainly man, are. They're the best. Yeah. I love yeah. both those guys. Yeah, yeah really, Michael. Really great. One more than the other, but I won't say who. <laughs> Michael should come over here. Yeah. Should be, yeah, we should. Yeah. You should. Um, yeah, I'll think about some other folks too. You know, we uh, we asked Alex and Heather, mother oh, yeah. and daughter, yeah. uh, to talk to the father and son. Uh, they said they would come, but um, we haven't had them here. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'll start calling yeah. you, Gruff. Mm-hmm. There you go. Beautiful. Thank, thanks so much, Thank Grant. You. Yeah, awesome, guys. Thank you. And yeah. That's awesome. When do you when do you post it usually? I'm getting a T-shirt done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gruff. That's awesome. This yeah. this will probably be two Mondays. Uh, a week. From now. Uh, probably two Mondays from now. And it's yeah. podcast and YouTube. Is that it, how you yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we, it's you can anywhere, watch it on YouTube and yeah, yeah. anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, uh, Apple, Spotify, yeah, or anywhere else, uh, tons, yeah. and then YouTube. It's more it's fun to more watch fun on to YouTube. Watch, yeah. yeah, cool. It's a blast. Uh, yeah, no, that's I, I, the Lauren, the one on Lauren I watched on YouTube. I'll have to go through <laughs> your uh, library. For I'll, sure. I'll um I'll uh, send you a link. Yeah, please. But uh, fantastic. Thanks, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thank you guys. Right, it was a pleasure, man. Yeah, thank totally, you so totally, totally. All right. 
All right. Cut it, B.